2: So if you'll notice, I titled this message, and I gave it a unique title, and it's called Overcoming Emotions That Paralyze, and I'll speak to that paralyzation in a moment. But also, it's talking about how to conquer anxiety and fear. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you are dealing with anxiety or fear. I'm going to look at you as being two people in one, like that old, you know, commercial, you know, is it a breath mint, you know, or what, it's two in one. One, you may be dealing with your own anxiety right now, or you will soon get some kind of information that will cause you to go into that. That's number one. Number two, because of the quality of the people that are here that are mature in Christ, I want to add to your little toolbox some information that you can help other people, particularly Christians, and how they can overcome their fear and anxiety. So I'm going to help you. Because I want you to be strong, but I also want to give you the tools to help someone else. So it's kind of like a, a double whammy right here, and I pray that it'll be a blessing to you like it has been to me. Now, last, there are really two people in my audience who is listening to me today. There's going to be not men or women or those who have anxiety and those who don't, who, those who will, those who had. No, it's going to be those who know Christ as their Savior and those who don't know Christ as Savior. So let me first speak to those who know Christ as Savior. Just because you've trusted Christ as your Savior does not mean that you are immune from the issues and isms and spasms of life that would cause you to have anxiety and fear at any age, whether you're a new believer or an older believer, there just comes a time that all of a sudden you're just feeling like, this is just not right. And so I want you to know that's okay, but God does have an antidote to that. Now I want to talk to those of you that are not a Christian yet. I want you to know that we really care for you, and the things that I'm going to be sharing with everyone this morning... Really is designed to help you, but will really only help you when you trust Christ as Savior. These will be nice things. You can try them, but you won't have the sustainability until you know Christ is your Savior. So I know we're in this room, and I want you to come in the room here so you can really apply what I'm teaching you so that you then can overcome your own fears and anxiety. Because frankly, I don't want you to have to go through them. They're paralyzing, are they not? Debilitating, are they not? And sometimes, no matter what you do, you can't really get over them unless you do it God's way. Now, I'm old, so if I brought up this name, you'll probably know it if you're old, too. The name is Ann Landers. How many remember Ann Landers? She's a columnist in the paper. People write her questions, and she'd give them her pithy little answers. And some of them accidentally hit Scripture, and some of them didn't. But here's the interesting thing. At one time in her career of writing, she said she got over 10,000 letters a month just asking how to overcome fear and anxiety. Now, I'm thinking if one lady that's a columnist once a month got 10,000 letters on this, that all of us are dealing with anxiety and fear and all of that. So really, human fear, in my opinion, is one of man's deadliest enemies. Because it really does shut them down. It causes them not to be able to think clearly. And sometimes they make a lot of foolish decisions because of that. And it can be very difficult. So today I'm kind of doing a little bit of a question and answer. Some of it's going to sound a little like psychology, and that's not bad, because if you can have someone that's in a computer scientist, you can have someone that can also be a brain scientist and deal with some of the social issues that you have. But at the end of this is where I really want to go, is I'm going to spend time going through a passage of scripture, one passage alone that you can then own in your own heart, that you'll have like a vitamin tablet, maybe a medicine bottle to overcome some of the fear that you might have in your life. Have you ever thought about all the different fears we have? I haven't had time to do the study on this, but there's probably hundreds of different named and identified fears. I put a couple of them down here. I don't have time to read all of them, so I'll just give you a few of them. See how many you know before I tell you what it is. The first one is agoraphobia. You know what that is, don't you? the fear of people or crowds. Another one is called algophobia. That's the fear of pain. I was giving blood the other day, and while I was giving blood, I asked the lady, I said, do you ever have anybody pass out? You know, they say, oh yeah, we've had them pass out. Are they mostly men or women? And she said, they're always men. Men are afraid of that needle. You know, they pass right out. So the fear of pain. Another one is called arachnophobia. And kids really have that one. It's called the fear of what, everybody? Spiders, you got that right. That's for sure. Here's one for you. It's called the gamophobia. That's the fear of getting married. So I'm going to let that alone. All right. Another one is the gynophobia, which is the fear of women. They do have one for men. And I wish I had more time to go through this. But the last one I like was pepperoni phobia, and that's the fear of too much pepperoni pizza. All right. Now that's a joke there. Okay. So I could never have too much pepperoni pizza. But we're laughing a little bit. But there could be someone listening to me today that is on the very edge of a panic attack are just so, so shut down because of this. And if you're that way, I don't, I'm not making fun out of you. Your fear and anxiety is real to you. And if it's real to you, it's real to us. And we want to do what we can to help you. And there's a little humor in that, but the reality of is the pain. So let's talk about what is fear and anxiety. The word fear itself means to dread or to feel something that's so terrible or terrifying. Fear or dread. In fact, that word fear itself is found over 350 times in Scripture. Now, how I know that is because there's over 350 verses that says fear not. And so there has to be far more verses that deal just with fear without fear not. So when I put all that together in a Bible that's got thousands of Bible verses, it tells me that God knows that man is just riddled with fear and anxiety. They're just trembling all the time. They're dealing with it in so many different ways to try to mask the things that they have fear and anxiety. And so I want you to know we all have that. What's anxiety? Anxiety means to be distracted or to be pulled in different directions. In other words, you're trying to get over this thing. You're fighting this anxiety. You just can't function. Again, it goes back to my word, paralyzed. You're pulled, but you don't know where to go, so you don't do anything, and you sit there and you wallow in that particular fear that you have. That word is found 25 times in Scripture. Now, for some of you that need a little bit uh, more simpler definition, because you'll be working with teenagers, maybe I could give you this one. It's almost too simplified, but it works. In your margins, you want to write down F-E-A-R, F-E-A-R, fear, all right? You got that, F-E-A-R. F stands for false, E stands for evidence, A stands for appearing and r stands for real so it's false evidences appearing real in other words it's really not true you think it's true we blow it much bigger than it is but they appear true to us when they're really not maybe i could give it to you by a guy named mark twain you remember that theologian mark twain here's what he said he said i have so many troubles but most of them never happen did you catch that And that's so true. Sometimes we worry way more than what it is, and then they really don't happen. So when is the first fear recorded in Scripture? And we have to go back to that because in hermeneutics, or what we teach at Florida Bible College, Bible study methods, the first mention of something is like throwing a bowling ball down the aisle, alley I guess you'd say it, and when it hits the aisle, you can't run after it and change it. It's going there. Well, the neat thing about first mention principles, when it's first mentioned, it's going right down to score a 10 on this thing. And so the first time fear is mentioned happened to be when Adam and Eve our quote, first parents, we'll call it, when they disobeyed God. And the moment they disobeyed God, immediately fear came in, especially when they recognized that God is close and nearby. And so I would like to think that fear is very much attached to sin, very much attached to our depraved nature, very much attached to Satan. We'll talk more about that in a moment. And if we have our old sinful self and we have Satan out there, and you know that they, those two things have so polluted the world, so the whole world is loaded with fear. So we're living in something that's far worse than a pandemic or a virus. We're living in a world filled with a pandemic of fear but it shows up differently with different people. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But I wanted you to know that that was the truth. And so God did not give us the spirit of fear or timidity or anxiety, but a power. So if he didn't give it to us, then where do you think it came from? Sin and Satan and that how impacted the world and how through sociology and the world system out there impacts us today. If you can agree so far with that, can you say, "Uh uh-huh, all right, you're with me. All right, let me give you some of the characteristics of it. There's not a lot of them, but I want to kind of boil it down to two of them. We're going to call the inner characteristic of fear. So to see if maybe do you have fear, see if this is what's going on inside of you. The second is going to be your outside fear, how it's manifested outwardly. The first one is pretty simple. When you are fearful, you have a sense of uneasiness, dread, tension, restlessness, worry of doom and danger and even misfortune now go back and add more words to that more synonyms to that but basically that's really what it is that's what's going on on the inside and you're old enough now to know that whatever's going on on the inside is going to affect you physically and often will show up on the outside whether it's through attitudes or actions. so let's talk about how is fear or anxiety manifested you'll be irritable you'll have fidgetiness Some people kind of talk, 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 because they're so afraid they just talk all the time. Excessive perspiring. Those are like people who are afraid to speak publicly and they sweat all the time while they're speaking, you know. Nausea, diarrhea, high blood pressure, rapid heartbeat, frigidity, impotence, and the list is on. Now let me pause because I'm not a doctor. I don't want you to go home and say, I have all of these, that must mean for sure I have fear. I do believe you ought to say, I have some of these, It's possible that I have fear, so let me at least check the fear thing out to see if that's causing it as well. For some of you with that fidgetiness, it might be just too much caffeine, okay? But in reality, though, do think a little bit deeper on the fear factor. If you don't mind, I want to kind of say it in another way and see if this works for you. Generally, when fear is there, how does that, what's that all about? I generally find it; it's usually fear of something that we see could happen in the future. So we're going to call it the fear of the future. The other one is we're going to call it the fear of failure. The fear of the future is something so bad is going to happen that will impact my life, that will change me. Are you with me so far? Okay, stay with me now. If you are a person who is a leader, a manager, whether you're doing it by position or personality, doesn't really matter. You generally need to be or are a control person. Well, when you can't control the future, there's something coming at you that you know is out there and it's heading your way and you can't fix it, there's a degree of fear in there. So we flip over to failure. The other side of that is failure. Feeling like, you know, I can see I'm going to lose my job. I didn't do a good investment right here. I'm going to fail in this relationship. I failed in others. I'll fail as a parent. And all of a sudden, you're fearing failure because with that comes embarrassment, guilt, hopelessness, perhaps. So it's the fear of the future and the fear of failure. And if you really want to ramp up the volume, is when you have the fear of the future that you're going to fail. Did you catch that? Do you know people like that now as a direct result of the pandemic that's going on, just that and alone? Those that are struggling to get their business up and running and it's not going anywhere and they're wondering what's happening. The customers are not coming in. We may not be able to pay the bill. And then we kind of throw up some Pollyanna statements. But in reality, our own hearts are still just racing when we're trying to go to sleep at night. So those are some of the characteristics. What are some of the causes of anxiety? Now, again, I'm not a doctor, but I want you to go through these, especially with the people that you're discipling or helping them to get over these kinds of fears and they can really have. I'm going to give them very quickly now. So here we go. One is it's a learned behavior from significant others when you're a child. If you were in a daycare center and you had daycare workers that manifested behavior of fearfulness, the kids are picking it up not to be fearful, but they think that's behavior that I need to mimic because kids will mimic they will act just like them. Are you, you understand what I'm trying to say? So if you are like that with your children and you, you, you fly off the handle or you have fear right away and you react to things so quickly and you have anxiety and you're worried about everything, the behavior part is what's going to go into the child. And then he's now acting that out because that's how he sees life to be. But it's really not necessarily fear, but it is a manifestation of a false fear that he has in his life. Let me give you another one. Inner psychological conflicts that are picked up from childhood. Now that I got from the very classic book called Happiness is a Choice by Dr. Minrith and Myers. Inner things that they had. Now that's not the outward. It's where the child himself has those fearful natures. And I think all of us can go back to the boogeyman that we thought was there, how we had to have the light on in our bedroom or a nightlight in the hallway or dad had to check under the bed or had to open the closet to see if the, the bad guy was in there. Did you all have that? Would you raise your hand? Oh, thank you. All right. All of us had that from time to time. But if we don't get past that, and then all of a sudden we have this issue that causes fear even today. Let's go a little bit further. It can come from present-day trauma or traumatic experiences. Let me give you an illustration. I was speaking at a large, large men's conference in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I was talking to it, because it was men, about fear and how that men will manifest us sometimes by, let's just go in and go get it, and then they throw themselves on a grenade and later on they can't change it, you know, that kind of thing. And so we're talking all about that stuff. And a guy came up afterwards and he waited until most everybody got away because uh, I learned later how timid he was. And he came up alongside me and he said, may I talk to you? And I said, of course you can. What's up, man? He says, I am, um, I can't hardly function. I can't hardly go anywhere. It took everything to even get here to this conference. He said, I was on a commercial airline filled with hundreds of people. The plane crashed. 90% of the people died. I was only a handful of people that survived. He says, I can't hear a plane. I can't drive down the road. I can't see a plane. I can't go places because that was such a traumatic experience. Now, you can take that and you could put it up against Car accidents, bad experiences at the doctors, and it goes on and on. So traumatic experiences can cause anxiety. Here's another one. I could park all day on this one. It's a little bit of my hobby horse. I believe that if you're a person as an adult, I'm not talking so much children, but there is a point to that. But right now, just talk about adults. If you hang around negative, fearful people on a regular basis you will pick up the vibes of that fear, although you cannot necessarily identify it. You will be like that. And if you will, for just a moment, let me open up Pandora's box to let you know how easy it is for us to be around fearful people and how that impacts our lives because we're there. All right, now listen carefully. I'll just jump right into the deep end. If people, Christians even, are watching the news so much today, we will hear information, whether it's fake or true. Frankly, we don't know. It's probably part fake, part true. We don't know. But when you hear it again and again and again, eventually it's going to cause us to think differently about life, differently about our life, and that can bring on a certain degree of fear. And by the way, when we were kids, older folks, you'll appreciate this, we had the choice. Of three channels. Now you got all sorts of news coming in. Oh, let me not stop there. How many of you have news feeds that will come right into your phone? How many of you got to check it during the day and scroll down through and whatever system you're on. I'm not here on a political note. I'm here dealing just with fear. And you have that going on. And then you have people that like to mainline scary movies, scary TV shows, and all of that kind of stuff. It's all kind of blasting at them all the time. Underneath that wonderful title of entertainment. Well, how much is it really entertaining you? As watch this now, and I'm not going to try to get too deep, but watch this now. If it goes through any of your senses, that information, that fearful information, it's going to go into your conscious mind because you had to think about it. Conscious goes to subconscious. Subconscious then affects you from the inside out to other people. And that's why it says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword to divide both the intents of the heart. And I have to tell you that we're around this all the time. And then we socialize and we've got to talk about this person and that thing and those particular political party people and that and that. All of a sudden, all we're talking about is that. So I have to tell you, and I'm going to stop there because I can give a whole sermon on this when we are hearing negative stuff from negative people that are fearful nearly all the time, the only thing that brightens our day is a Super Bowl commercial. We've missed it, haven't we? And I'm going to tell you, that really hurts us. So we have to be very careful. Is that biblical? Sure it is. Read the story of Gideon. The Lord kept saying, get rid of these guys, get rid of these guys, get rid of these guys, get rid of these guys. Now he's down to hardly any, and he says, oh, you got to get rid of these guys. Why? Because they are drinking wrong because they are so fearful. Go to the old testament and it says don't take fearful soldiers to, to battle why is that because they'd only get the other guys fearful all right enough said about that i wanted to give that to you that it's who we hang around traumatic experiences and associations here's one more feeding normal fears another one is it seems to have its root and satanic activity that would be one to really explain for those of you that want to be post-toasty christians and go a little bit deeper in the word check it out see how much it's wrapped around satan and if you want to look at most of the scary movies today, have some type of a satanic story line in it somewhere. Why? Because around Christ, he's the embodiment. He's the source of peace. One more. This one I'm going to say more at the end of the message, but I had to put it in here because it's under the cause of anxiety. I believe one of the major causes of anxiety is the lack of faith. The presence of faith is the absence of fear write that down the presence of faith is the absence of fear if you really are wanting to super analyze your anxieties take it back to what are you not trusting who you're not trusting watch this now very careful or who are you trusting that you shouldn't be trusting you see what i'm trying to say so faith is the issue but it needs to have the right object Okay, so keep that in mind. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Let's go to number six. No, number five, I'm sorry. And that is, what is the greatest consequence of fear and anxiety? In other words, could I continue living with this? Can I still take some pills? Can I still kind of get myself distracted from the things that are causing me these fears? What would be my greatest consequence? I typed it out there for you so you would have it. If you look at it, it's simply this. The greatest consequence of fear and anxiety is the inability of the word of God To produce fruit in an anxious person or anxious Christian's life. When you have fear, you have now paralyzed yourself from spiritual life development. You've paralyzed yourself from growing in intimacy with the Lord. And I will say this in all the love that I can, and I care for you. Do not look at me as pointing the bony finger of wrath. But I think if you continue to have this fear, you will not only... Hinder yourself in effectiveness for serving the Lord. But because of that fear, it's a sin like immorality. And you will affect all of those that are around you and you'll be held accountable for. it. You cannot ignore your fears and anxieties. You cannot deny them. You ought not to feed them, but you cannot ignore them. So keep that in mind, if you will. I'm going to read the verse to you. Jesus is saying this. They have heard the word of God. Again, speaking to Christians, perhaps, and are choked with the cares of anxieties of life. Therefore, they bring no fruit to maturity. All right, let's go to number six, because this is the one I really wanted to spend the most amount of time on, and I'm probably already out of time, but I want to call it the cure for anxiety. Now, I want to hasten to say that I'm giving you enough medicine, but not all the medicine. And if there's medicine here that'll help you, take what you can. I'm giving you more than you'll need. But the more that you take it, the quicker you'll get over your fears and anxiety. So let's go through these, and I'll make them as simple as I can, all right? So these would be the cures for anxiety and fear (laughs) based on Philippians 4. All right, A, determine to calm down. In other words, you just got to calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Don't tell me to calm down, you know? Calm down. I was talking to a pilot one day, and he said, "Well, and he's a commercial pilot, flying out of the northwest." And I said, "What happens when your plane is getting ready to crash? What do they taught you that?" Because I want to know if I'm going to be on your flight, you know. And he says, "You know what they tell us? As soon as we, the, you know, it's usually beep, 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 beep. You know, the whole thing's going off. Every and that's enough to scare anybody." He said, "The first thing they say is look at your instruments, and the first thing you want to grab, you want to grab a hold of yourself." Did you catch that? That is absolutely huge. Those of you that are in Christian leadership, grab a hold of yourself. Those of you that are in leadership or management and business, grab a hold of yourself. Dads, grab a hold of yourself. Grandpas, grab a hold Mama, single parents, grab a hold of yourself. Let's look at the verse. It says, let your gentleness, graciousness be known to all men or all people. So everyone deserves your gentle spirit. And then it says, the Lord is at hand. Now, if you don't mind, because we might have some kids that are probably need me to come up for air with you. I have, um, we, Carol and I have a toy poodle. It's a rescue dog. This dog looked, I mean, he was really needing rescuing, you know, and so we've had him for a while. People come to our house and, you know, we're a very busy house, but we're also a very calm house. So majority of the time when Carol and I are alone at the house, believe it or not, it's a very peaceful house. You might not think so because of my personality, but it is really chilled out. And so our dog gets up in the morning, eats, goes to the bathroom, goes back to sleep. Gets up three hours later, goes to the bathroom, goes back to sleep. Lunchtime has lunch with us with a chew bone. After lunch, goes back to sleep and goes on all day long. People come by and they say, your dog is the calmest dog. He hasn't barked this whole time. What is with your dog? And I said, well, that's easy. We feed him dope all day. No, 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 no. We don't do that. But the point of the matter is this dog is chilled out. And I'm wondering if maybe the dog is a little more chilled out. Now, let me give you the contrast to that. Around our house, because I have an office there and we have a studio and all that. If the phone rings in the door, because of where the phone is sometimes, it'll go off and My phone is connected to Carol so that I have accountability.
1: You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible.